Hello everyone, this is Artist Date. My name is Pedro Bonato, this is Jana Komarnitska, and we want to welcome you to 2022 with us. Uh, 2021 is an interesting year, and uh, in this episode we're going to talk a little bit about, uh, well, New Year's resolutions and uh, all that thing that goes around that, a little bit of a retrospective, and um, hopefully some interesting things for you guys. Also a movie review, we have a bunch of stuff planned, so let's see <laughs> what to do. It's first day of the year, first episode of the year, and... Uh... Obviously, lots of things to talk about. <laughs> yeah, and uh, so the first thing is just a couple housekeeping things. So if you're new to the show, welcome. Um, I am, the brief overview is that I'm a photographer and a musician. Jana is a dancer and choreographer. And uh, we talk about our life together as artists, uh, our travels, our work, creativity, and the things that we learned along the way of living, living this, uh, this life and trying to bring some value and benefits to, to you as the audience. And uh, you can always ask us questions or send us messages so either on YouTube, on comments, or on yanadance.com slash artist date. That's sort of like the hub for all the previous episodes. And there you will find also links to all uh, podcast platforms because this, um, this show is also available as an audio-only um, like product. And um, yeah, with that, uh, I guess we can also uh, talk about... We should also mention that this show is brought to you by ourselves <laughs> through my um, online teaching platform, Yana Dance Club, which where we share not only dance classes and tips for dancers, especially those who specialize in Middle Eastern and Central Asian dance, but also share a little bit of our travels because uh, we are recording a lot of classes in different locations. And since Young Dance Club is such a big part of our life and work together, uh, we very often refer to it in Artist Date because that's basically our work and big part of creativity goes there. So if you actually want to check the platform itself, and it's uh, cool for both beginners in ballet dance as well as intermediate and advanced dancers, check it out at yanadanceclub.com. And on this note, I think we should start this episode Sounds in terms good. of what's the topics we yeah. want to discuss. <laughs> so uh, I uh, just before we started this, uh, this is again first day of the year and uh, we both woke up late i was of course as always later and um but i already got like oh we can talk about this you can talk about that you can do all this uh, like interesting uh, things so the first thing just in context we are in odessa in ukraine it is the first time that we i think in my life i would say probably that i was not either at like a party for new year or with my family or with your family i was thinking about that too. or working which is also happens like when we were in toronto we were like performing on this like dancing sometimes i was drumming too so then we would always sometimes meet we had a lot of clients during the end of the year and so we would always meet the new year in uh like basically after work tired. sometimes literally on stage <laughs> yes that happened too but yeah. i was also thinking about that i think i had only one new year in my life that i met at home 
and still it was one of the first years in Canada so I started doing performances so I had a new year gig but it was early during the year and then during the evening and then I got back home by midnight mm. and I didn't have like it was just like one it was like one of the very first beginnings not even meeting you yet yeah. uh, that was the year like I met uh, at home and myself like I was not with family but all other ones it was either working before and after <laughs> midnight uh, or with families mm. yeah and uh, it's funny like just one comment because we're going to talk about like different traditions in different countries and that's already one of the first things that i noticed is that i think well in portuguese for certain for certainly that's not the case and i think in english it's not the same too but in russian they use the word meet like meet the new year yeah and meet we use for people, we don't use for things. So that's already, remember, even like now I use the, the, that language too, but it's like you celebrate the new year, like it's just a thing, like it's, mm. uh, it's kind of interesting. But in, uh, uh, specifically in Slavic countries, and in many countries over the world, but specifically in Slavic, like new year is the holiday. It's uh, uh, at some level even more like, not important, but more celebrated than Christmas. Like the gifts are on Christmas, the main part, oh sorry, the gifts are on New Year Eve, the parties on New Year Eve, the main like sort of thing is on New Year Eve. Yeah. And then Christmas is more like a part of tradition. I mean, for of course, for like religious purpose, it's more important, but in everyday life, people have more like party style it's new year <laughs> yeah it's funny like in brazil it's both <laughs> like you have like big parties in uh, christmas and then parties in uh, new year as well but that was one of the first things that i thought uh, this is what the second year that we celebrate in ukraine i guess like we did one two years ago then yeah. last year was in brazil and now it's in ukraine again but uh, to me like in brazil even though like it comes from like Christmas celebrations comes from a, from a, of course a religious celebration, but it's very much a secular um, like celebration in the West with gifts and all this stuff. So like in in my family, uh, Christmas has always been like the hub. It's like thirty people at my parents' house. Everybody comes from all over the country to stay there, and it's like this beautiful mess. And um, and that's how I grew up. And then um, I would always make a point when I was living in other cities in Brazil to come back to 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 Brazil to be with my family. And uh, over time, also like uh, for my parents, it has become even a more important kind of um, kind of a thing. And then comparing to last year, where my mom was in the ICU with COVID and trying to like recovering already, and I had it. Like everybody was like it's a whole mess. And uh, so basically she was not able to enjoy a new year and Christmas at their new place. And then uh, this year we were hoping to go there, but it was not in the cards for this year, maybe for next one. But it was always interesting for me, like coming to, to Ukraine and meeting you. And then also like uh, this thing of like, wait, what do you mean? You don't give gifts on Christmas? <laughs> what? And uh, they, oh, they actually do it in during the new year. You not only celebrate new year, but you also give um gifts which is uh, kind of interesting and then there's like those little differences like there's santa claus sort of but with a different kind of outfit in no, it's uh, a, a grandpa frost <laughs> right <laughs> and uh and also he has like this little like um granddaughter granddaughter yeah i was just trying to remember her name Snigurichka. Always... Snigurichka. 
Yes, in Kurichka. Yeah, and she, <laughs> I know, my pronunciation, I know, I know. But um, so it, it's kind of cute to see like the slight variations on a lot of things. And at the same time, it's one of those things that are universal, no matter your religion, your, your, um, your background. It's like we find an excuse to worldwide celebrate it, right? And so... Um, it's uh, it's quite fascinating to to have some at least one thing in the new year, even though if you follow the Christian calendar, and I think that's one of the, I think it's a joke <laughs> from from whom I can't remember. Ah, uh, guy was canceled. I forgot his name. But like this one uh, com comedian that uh, he he said like, oh, the Christianity won. The, how do you know? When do you celebrate New Year? It's on a Christian calendar. Mm -hmm. So no matter around the world, you're celebrating that. Of course, independent of the politics, it's kind of interesting, like whichever excuse you have. Well, mm -hmm. here we have two New Year's. Right. Because we have something that is called Old New Year on January 14th. And it's not like official holiday or anything, but people still use an excuse to do one more party <laughs> right. celebration. Yeah, and um, by knowing Yana and a lot of friends that are from Slavic countries, it's so interesting to see the importance that they put since they only have that one. It's not like Christmas and New Year. Like in Brazil, it would be sort of like you do Christmas with family and then you do your New Year Eve in... Like sometimes you travel, sometimes you go other places. So it's like you have this... It's sort of like also you have carnival, so you always have a lot of uh, parties going on. So it's a little bit different. So I think here is sort of like more condensed into like this one big uh, event. Not event, season, I would say. Mm -hmm. Because, um, well, first of all, Official holiday for Christmas is January 7 or 6 and 8, depends on the like uh, businesses they will close for one of those days. I think officially 6 and 7 is considered, or 7 or 8 official. Anyway, but Christmas is like uh, January 6 evening, it's like the Christmas dinner, and then like everyone says like oh, Christmas is on January 7th here mm -hmm. so uh, but because there are official days off on New Year and there are more than one plus official days off on Christmas very often people either close for all 10 days or take day offs and go for vacation so it's kind of the season and we actually start it because there are a couple of um, Symbolical but important, like everyone kind of like talks about them, cute uh, holidays specifically in winter. I think it starts December 19th in St. Nicholas mm. or December 16th. I always keep messing up since I left Ukraine. <laughs> I was like, we are not celebrating. So I think December 19th. So it's the day that kids receive chocolate underneath their pillows when they wake up. It's like St. Nicholas brought you chocolates. Uh, then it's obviously New Year. And it's a big like celebration and people start celebrating at midnight. So you do need to have a couple more days to recover afterwards because you wait till midnight to eat. So first you eat, like watch TV, then party, and then maybe going out or going from one party to another. So it, it kind of goes till morning. So you need a couple days to recover. Then January 7, like 6 and 7, like then Christmas, this is more... Um, Traditionally, it's a very important day, and in um, 
many places like who keep Ukrainian tradition and uh, like specific like villages close to Karpatian region it's like really really important to like people go that's what uh, I kind of like call like a local uh, Halloween because mm-hmm. that's the tradition that they people from all times they dress up as like witches and uh, like devils or some like uh, different like creatures and they go from house to house singing uh, songs singing carols and basically asking for uh, treats in return so it's like sweet uh, like treat or um, sweeter treat like uh, that's very traditional but these days I remember when I was a child and we still in the cities even where we're like receiving like uh, uh, kids knocking at the door around those like few days before and after uh, asking oh can we sing you some carols for like sweets or like little money etc but now with these days modern like buildings that you cannot sometimes even enter the whole building you cannot get to the door and knock someone mm. so it's less and less became popular uh, but it still like sort of exists. But Christmas here, it's more like tradition. Okay, we have certain like dishes, like meals that is very typical to put. Like usually it's family gathering on Christmas. Uh, of course, there are some parties, but usually it's a family time. Then you gather together and it's more about like meal, like food. And um, of course, those who practice like religious uh, traditions, they go to church, do yeah. service, etc. Like all that stuff. But for uh, many people it's just more like gathering as a family together then we have uh, on january 14th it's symbolically old new year <laughs> whatever that means <laughs> it's because of change of calendars Calendar, yeah, like yeah. the mm-hmm. um, this reformation of calendar so it used to be on that day but then it kind of switched for two weeks uh, so people kind of acknowledge that old new year too like why not and then it already slowly goes into February 14th, like say 12th that day. <laughs> so it's like winter is like, uh, I guess by the lack of sun and warmth, people are trying like really to put like a lot of like different celebrations. And drink. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. It's, uh, it's, Find a lot of reasons to warm up. <laughs> yeah, it's funny. And then uh, yeah, this idea of like, uh, like doing this Christmas carol and then uh, in, uh, in Ukraine, there is like a big tradition for that. What's the name again? Kolyatke. Kolyatke. Yeah. And they... Like, if you think about it from a Western point of view, because in that sense, like, the, like, the people that lived, for example, in Brazil before the European, like, uh, conquerors came, like, Portuguese and Spanish people, uh, there was no celebration of that sort, right? And we don't have, like, let's say a winter season, so it's not part of the lore of the local people from before, so... For us, it's basically an imported thing, and then we have, like, we, but we don't have, like, we have in, um... They have in the U.S., for example, which came from England, and then it's like this idea of like Christmas carols too, like that you have this famous um, Christmas songs everywhere, right? And even even here, it's funny to to see like this globalization effect. Like as a musician, I always pay attention to these things. I was thinking, okay, so let's go around the stores around here. They're usually playing what American Christmas music, right? In Brazil, it's the same, and uh, in Brazil, they even like translated some of the mm. like. Um, with the translator literally adapted some of them like uh, um, but that's a subject for another another day but it's uh, it's kind of interesting to see these um, differences but then when you go to a higher level of seeing it's like people want to be to celebrate achievements to rethink what's going on in their lives and uh, having that as um, as a, let's say a world reminder that every year like maybe I should 
like consider my goals, my my where I am in life, all those kinds of things. I think it's uh, there's a reason why it evolved in basically every culture. I think it also like aiming for a fresh start, allowing that uh, the still maintaining the hope that oh there is such thing as a fresh start. Right. And it's regardless. Like I know some people may like oh whatever, like uh, don't. Uh, believe or don't do like this list of new year resolutions or anything like that but it's still the vibe like worldwide like we kind of aim for something external to push us to help us to uh to start again and kind of almost like forgive ourselves our shortenings or shortcomings, shortcomings right mm-hmm. uh, or uh mistakes or failures and a lot okay now like let's do it right yeah like um i always like relentless optimist like for most uh, for most things like and i think i've always found like this magical moment of uh, being in uh like christmas mainly but christmas and new year and in that week that you're basically seeing old friends you're like catching up with a lot of things mm-hmm. and you are envisioning and planning and thinking about those things and i think even for the people that have, uh, let's say, a more um, cynical view of that, in my view, it's like either they're really hurting and they lost their um, their will, which is a bad thing. Or if it is for people that, let's say, okay, once a year, it's a good thing to get in touch with certain things and, um, and try something new. Even if it is not like necessarily the cliche New Year's resolutions, it's um, always a good thing to, why can't you make Christmas or, or New Year every day, right? Like, why not? Okay, why can't mm. you really, like, um, you can do that celebration for yourself at any time, right? Yeah, but it helps. I actually was thinking like when we were like, okay, let's record an episode. I was like, oh, which topic to bring for me? And it was kind of also around New Year. You hear some uh, Ukrainians like to party. So sometimes (laughs) there will be some uh, fireworks in the background still. Uh, And I was actually thinking exactly about this topic as a new start. And I'm a person, I love Mondays. Like, I absolutely love Mondays because for me, they always associate, like, okay, new start. And it's not like my Monday is, like, day off. Like, no, it's a working day. And very often on Sunday, since we're updating Yanadan's club, it's, like, working day till late. So it's, like, pushing hard to wake up on Monday early, like, as I like. But still, like, I love Mondays. I love beginning of month. And I love New Year. Although this time, I kind of feel less... uh, um, not even less, I would say more calm. It's like maybe more with a clear vision this time and more mature. I don't know how to describe, but i looking forward. I'm looking forward to 2022, although I know there will be some things that are more like on the level of that needs to be fixed rather than like, oh, something exciting or thriving, like waiting for us. Like, no, there is a lot of work waiting in 2022, mm-hmm. but I'm looking forward to it too with that, I don't know, like some calmness entering. And I almost like that it starts uh, uh, on basically Friday to Saturday we switch. So today and tomorrow is like for me, it's still days preparation. So on Monday, first Monday of 2022, like I'm going with full forces. Mm-hmm. And uh, of course, I understand like, okay, we can start any day. 
Like you can just decide Monday any day of the year, like of January 1st, like beginning of the It can be any day of your life, but it helps. Yeah, for sure. It kind of like gets this like, I don't know, external support and energy and vibe and more like clear, like, okay, like my Monday is on Monday, actually, let's say. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, also ritual. I think it helps a lot. We don't, at least me, like not... Having brought up, being brought up in a like non-religious and very atheistic family, like which is great. Uh, I also did not, and although even with that said, Christmas sacred <laughs> for us, like in the sense that it's like oh, we try to get together, we try to do um, to to be together with family, like we make an effort, and uh, so in that sense, it's um, it it's uh, let's say a tradition that we fight to keep. You know, and I think in that sense, like that having, I agree with you like this, let's say the whole world, like thinking of those things can help, you can help, but do um, the, the rituals that put you in the mindset of doing, of doing like better things. Mm -hmm. And uh, I think that's the importance of it. And for anyone that is, let's say more cynical or skeptical about that kind of stuff, um, I would mention that it I mean to each its own, like what, do whatever is good for you, but like, to me, it's sort of like, let's, um, the world would be worse if we didn't have those days, mm, you know? Yeah. And then on that note, like one of the things that happened, uh, two things that I want to mention from last night, because it was the first time they spent just the two of us mm -hmm. with not like people around. So it's like, oh, okay, what are we going to do? We're going to like cook this like food. Yana was in a strict diet and well, decided to keep, which is... It was very different new year for me, not only like not working and not like, I mean, we are family, but still like not like with a big yeah. family, just being at home. And I also decided I'm not indulging in any sweets, in any like, you know, like Delicious uh, food. deliciousness, etc. Because for me, always new year, like when I'm thinking about my family, it was always or most of the celebrations in Ukraine or Russia. It's about eating. Yeah, anywhere. Yeah, and then on New Year, I was like, I don't want to start. And every time on January 1st, you wake up like feeling so blah after all that food, which is delicious, but you almost always overeat. Oh, I would say yes. almost, always, always overeat, <laughs> overeat and it's late. And then you wake up late and you always full stomach. And then there's still a bunch of food in fridge that you for a few days or weeks um, trying to finish so it stretches like the actual fresh beginning for me right and then i decided like okay i'm actually doing a three meal plan which started before and it will go through new year like i indulged with times that i ate because we still ate later mm -hmm. than i usually and like amount i ate more than typically I would, but it still was within like that meal plan, like not indulging in any sweets or anything like that and not leaving like full fridge of food now. So now we have like to fit. No, it's just like, mm -hmm. okay, we had a nice moment of celebration. Now let's start. Yeah. Now let's not drag that celebration recovery for a long, long time. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Like for me, it was, uh, oh, if you checked out the previous episode, we talk about our like physical transformation and the, the things we're trying to do in terms of health and wellness and fitness and all that stuff. So check that uh, previous episode. But if, for me, it was basically, okay, I cut a couple things in my, in my diet. It already helped. 
And yesterday I didn't say, okay, I'll go full blown. Like I didn't eat sweets, I didn't do any of those things, but it's like, yeah, I'll eat basically what I usually eat during like all days these days. And that's also like um, a reminder, at least for me, like that was the cool thing about the, the, this year in terms of uh, like new year, let's say not resolution, but let's say my new year planning, right? Thinking, because I don't like the word resolutions because it's sort of like you're giving orders to yourself. Mm -hmm. So that's, I don't like that. Mm -hmm. And also I have been thinking about the, and doing like my, my, my plans for like, for what the last two three years uh so it's sort of like there's nothing really changed it's like did you do this or did you not do this it was like i mean i was reconsidering a lot of things but as i was reconsidering them it's like no the plans did not change you know and uh, the idea of like the commitments were not they never worked for me like in that sense it's like if someone tells me to do something i will say hmm yeah, I'm not doing that. <laughs> like, and, and that applies even to myself, which is also a bad thing. So like, uh, but the thing that got to me more um, in a good way was like, oh, we can create, like we as like family, like even though it was just the two of us, I was like, instead of focusing on the bad parts, on the sorrow, like, oh, I can't be with my family on, on uh, Christmas and New Year, which is very important for my family and for myself. But then I was like, okay, I can't do it this year. So, okay that's what we have instead of being sad about it let's try to see the good part of it which is well we're healthy we're alive we're doing all this like interesting cool things and this possibilities of new beginnings and what is the thing that can be done differently in your planning and your thinking that can really unleash potential mm -hmm. actually this time i'm doing it just coincided with new year like uh cross the new year we just thought oh it's perfect but i'm doing something different in terms of instead of putting like what goals to do in 2022 but to come back and finish that uh celebration and food etc like don't worry we're gonna celebrate all new year and everything. <laughs> so a few days ago i started doing something called desire mapping and this uh focuses not on the things or actions that we want to do the thing like oh i want to i don't know buy this or i want to purchase this or to earn this or like some actions that usually if people do their like new year resolution list it's typically about actions or things i want to do or i want to get but this one is focused on how do you want to feel mm. so it's desiring not actions or things or events but feelings and emotions that typically we also say because we, it's not about i don't know like purchasing a new car it's never about car it's about feeling and emotion mm -hmm. so more digging into that and uh, i'm still in the middle like i'm kind of giving it like okay entering 2022 like slowly like digging into that but it's um uh interesting how uh it shows everything in different light and i think maybe it's that's why i kind of have that very different approach entering 2022 i don't know like it just feels exciting but calm hmm. so it's like it's like a map of the way you want to feel in general yeah you're trying to find your like core desires it's actually a program that i am uh, doing through alo alo moves mm. they have a bunch of different meditations and then this one it's not meditation it's more like a desire map 
guidance, like there are eight steps that you do and uh, uh, you like brainstorm and then you try to narrow in different areas of your life, like which emotions you want or how do you want to feel? Because it's not just an emotion, it can be very abstract, metaphorical, or it can be very concrete. And then you try to narrow to this and then I'm still at this middle stage. So based on that, then you will try to plan certain actions or things that you want to do to bring those emotions so it's not about results or achieving things it's about how you feel your state of being Mm -hmm. yeah that's interesting yeah for me this um let's say the work the things that i'm working on there is a little bit different than usually i would do uh it's like this year i was like lucky to find two interesting books that we mentioned before in the podcast uh, in the in the in the artist date show that is um, the five wombs by mm. Liz uh, Bordeaux, Bordeaux, and then uh, now there is this cleaning up your mental mess by uh, Caroline Leaf, and uh, very interesting. She's like a neuroscientist, and then it's like very interesting book. And uh, even though they are not, let's say, the most impactful books in my life, like, uh, but they brought this year, this past year, 2021 two insights exactly on uh, this kind of uh, mapping that you're talking about. That is, you are usually you are very oblivious to our internal mindscape. We can see in others or we project yes. in others what they're doing. But like those people are always like fighting and always this and always that. Like they're, they're like, they're struggling with themselves they just don't realize it right or the people that are like oh it's okay man it's all good man it's probably because of some uh let's say uh unwillingness to act on something that they think they should act and that's how they cope with it and then uh for me like it was like very interesting how you and everybody does that to a certain extent that you beat yourself up relentlessly for different reasons right for the things you didn't do or for the responsibilities in my case that you took upon yourself that were not yours to take you know and then you or the things that you wanted to be at a certain level and then you're not so all those things and so i'm actually doing a little bit of that uh, awareness of that mapping in my in my uh, in my mind which mm. is very cool it's like oh okay this is that problem okay this is that problem again so even just observing that that happens helps and then the thing that that's from the first book and then from the second book from caroline leaf that she tells to do this um instead of doing like uh, 21 days to do like change a habit we mentioned this in the previous episode but apparently she says like that it takes basically 63 days which is three cycles of um uh, like to yeah to actually change and i noticed that in physical activity because it's been what three months almost three months that have been um like uh i've been exercising every day and it's such a and i was like super like way bigger uh before and it was one of those things that before my initial whenever there's like a blizzard or there's this or that my initial thing is like okay an excuse not to go do that thing and then beat myself up afterwards because i didn't do it and also like oh I'm a, a smart, sophisticated individual. I don't need these exercises to feel good about myself. It's like, yeah, you do. Like, you are your body, right? So you are in your body, at least your meat vehicle to take you around the world. And I noticed that it already happened to me, even before I read her book, I was like, okay, no, this, no, no, no. I have to make, make time to, to do this. And it does not stop the rest of your life. It's just that you actually, it's an illusion that you think you don't have time for the things that are very important. Right. And then uh, but then like the thing that I did differently this year is uh, maybe we can talk about this little notebooks. I have um, I've been doing this, I guess, since I was like 14, 15, some sort of 
visioning of uh, where I want to be. Sometimes it's visual. It's like the sprezzatura they call that. It's like uh, you do this map. It's like this visual map of how you want your life to be, including your internal life, as mm. you said. Like, uh, and then I put like a couple a couple things that um, that I wanted to do. Like it's like oh, how do I want to feel? It's like calm, fierce, and uh, brave. It's not about the action itself. It's about Am I feeling that way, right? And at the same time, I really like to have a vision of what I'm doing. Like some artists, they just go one thing after the other, whatever calls to them, very much more intuitive. And I can't do it. Like I need to, I mean, we'll get back to it. But like I usually, I like to have a map of what's going to happen. And the problem that I realized, and that's what I learned with uh, Caroline Leaf, even though it's not exactly what she tells, but it's what I'm trying to do, is that every year, let me see if I have it here. Ugh. Every year I sort of like make a new book with mm. uh, ideas and things that I want to do. And uh, I actually do this map of like 100 things I would like to do, big or small. I do like a lot of different exercises, the areas of focus in life, like so that even though I, I may not do any action steps about it, it brings to your conscious. But the problem is that that book, or the things that I, I learned from actually Joe Rogan, one thing that he was saying, is like the things you will not allow yourself to do. You know, like, so it's like, okay, you learn, from, it, it was a mistake, it was a disaster, now you learn from it. Mm -hmm. So you don't do it again. So you're not bound by the past, which is one of the things that I struggle with. And then I'm sort of like changing my mindset about it. But the thing that I decided to do is like, okay, I have my new notebook. Usually I will only see it again when I'm in crisis mode. Right. right. So then for me, it's like, okay, how can I embed this? So look at sort of like your own personal Bible kind of a thing. Like you go and you see a passage, even if it's not the whole thing, you know? Okay, how am I doing on this thing? How am I doing on this thing? How am I doing on this thing? It's sort of like even what Jocko Willing said about like creating your own like code, you know, the things that you will abide by. And it, it has a lot of, the, it has a lot of, let's say, resolutions. But in my, in my thinking, it's sort of like you discover what your boundaries are you discover what your real interests are mm -hmm. and when you're there then you cannot violate it if you're being truth to yourself at least that's my hope so that's why i got new notebook my favorite pen and then you go you sit and you work on your um on your plans however it is i do it in a specific way combining elements from different authors and different approaches but um hopefully that will work out fine. Mm. It's interesting. Like for me, like uh, uh, journaling or writing down things, like they uh, don't really work as many times as I start journals uh, in my life. Like it, it always stops very soon, very quickly. Uh, and this year, to be honest, I didn't do any like planning or vision like oh i want for this for 2022 like i kind of have like one major goal which was interesting like we talked about it and um, uh, it's very practical but then when i was digging through desire mapping although i'm in midway i was like yeah i'm also craving the uh feelings and emotions mm. very very connected to the goal because my emotions uh, like so far it's narrowed to three it's freedom mature joyful it's like the feelings that mm -hmm. you, you want uh, to feel and um in my case because i am uh, kind of 
feel at this point very clear with what I want, not for the whole my life, but for the nearest future. Like I don't feel the need to revisit or anything to do. It's like, no, I just need to follow through. And although I'm not journaling person, but I'm very much planning person. I mm -hmm. love planning everything, structuring. So it's like, okay, I already have my plan. I just need to this is something new that I started doing just a few weeks ago, like really allowing myself to review it on a regular basis and don't be afraid to change your priorities as they go. Because before I was like always like, okay, this is planned for the month, let's say, of the week, and I will go through it in this order. And even if in two weeks something else comes up, like, no, but I need to go through this order, like, because I, and then I'll get to this, like, whatever new things or things that was on my list, but now feels like more important to complete, like, um, sooner. So that's a changing, and that for me was kind of like entering 2022, I was like, okay, end of the month, so it's not only beginning of the year, it's beginning of the month, it's time to like revisit like sort of like this list of actions and plans that I want to do and see which ones are priorities to do as soon as possible. So it's not like I even need to plan the whole like year or things and they are more related to work, which for me gives kind of satisfaction because uh, right now, and it doesn't mean that, oh, it will be forever like this, but right now I am in the spot then work really gives me satisfaction and uh, like creativity and I like what we are doing and how things are and hopefully they will last like this feeling will mm -hmm. last for a long time because I was in the situation that I was craving for this career, I was like really going after it, I finally reached it, I really enjoyed it for a while and then at some point it was like ah something is not working and mm -hmm. things need to be changed. So right now I feel it is that or oh, the thing that we are working on they they bring me satisfaction so i'm cool with just keep going mm -hmm. yeah for me it has been um like more of a on a stuck moment for myself like uh, in terms of like projects even though we're doing a lot of stuff we're not doing nearly as much or in the area that i want so then uh, it, it has been a little bit more frustrating, but then you focus on the frustration, which does not really help. And so one of the, like, let's say, uh, tricks that I was thinking was this, this not, again, mentioning her again, like uh, Caroline Leaf, this reconceptualization of your, of your thinking, you know, so that you're not in this internal mental loops in your head, mm -hmm. right? And then uh, for me, like, it's funny, like about journaling, like I've journaled for a long time, like all my life, throughout my life, you know, on and off, we were talking about this the other day. And for the last what, six, 560 something days, I've been um, journaling every day, like at least something, at least like, and I use actually, now I'm not even doing by hand, I've done by hand, by uh, by dictating on, a, like just to hear your voice, I, I've done, but for the last, what, two, almost two years, it has been on an app called uh, Day One, and they, um, and mm. basically the cool thing there is that uh, you, like at first I was just entering the things that are happening, but you can put photos, and it geotags you where you are in the mm. world, right? So you can do it on your phone and then it syncs to your computer, so then you're doing it on the computer too. Of course, there is an advantage to writing by hand, which is why I also use my notebook for other things because your mind works differently, different distractions and all that. But one thing that I really liked about um, um, journaling, the problem with journaling is that you don't go back to reading your whatever you wrote. 
So um, for me going through my old notebook and going through some pages from other uh, things that I saved, you start basically mining data about your mind and spirit, mm -hmm. you know, and then that's sort of like what I've been uh, trying to do. And that's one thing that Caroline Leaf was talking about is that you have to, to reconceptualize something, you have to look at it again. It can't be that you write and you let it go because, okay, it may have some benefits to your subconscious, but it's not associated with a new way of thinking about that problem. And it also doesn't bring, um, like what she tells to do, like one, one thing that if throughout 63 days you, you go through and you remind yourself of that thing to reprogram and, uh, your, your brain, right? To have this neuroplasticity to actually like change something. So I was thinking, huh, okay, let's uh, give that a try. And that's one thing that um, whenever certain thoughts come to mind, I always go back to whatever I already solved in the reconceptualization. Mm. And then you, you try to do that. So that has been uh, an interesting thing. But for me, the main thing in terms of not even journaling, but of going through the process of, okay, rethinking uh, a lot of stuff to do, and from even from this emotional point of view, but it's... Uh, sort of like, okay, what I've done, especially for those things that has been, have been on your mind for like, I don't know, months or years sometimes. And then my usual approach would be to, and I guess the other 7 billion of us would be to like uh, punish yourself for not doing that. And then also then being depressed and not doing the thing or doing that for the, or going and doing it, but for the wrong reasons. Mm -hmm. Right. And so what I've been uh, trying to think is sort of like, okay, what hasn't happened yet is still in potential. And potential is great. So then you just have to um, bring it to the world. But the main thing that has been on my mind, and by chance I will mention this because it happened uh, yesterday night after uh, all celebrations, I was like, okay, I'm going to clean up the mess in the house, all that stuff. And then uh, I was listening to a podcast by Alex Friedman. And then uh, there's a New Year uh, podcast with him and the Michael Malice, two like, interesting guys. And then uh, one of the things that he said, and uh, I was like, oh, it clicked. Very interesting, like for New Year's, a beautiful New Year gift. That was this phrase by Dostoevsky, mm. the idiot, that was like, uh, it's uh, beauty will save the world, right? And then I'll try. Karasyotas pasyot mir. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so that's it. Like in Russian from, uh, from Dostoevsky. And um, it reminded me of another quote that I even mentioned on the podcast before, but I love that is uh, from Dante Alighieri, that mm. is beauty inspires you to act, mm. right? And so there's a lot of, even though there is, let's say, some cynicism of the, about the idea of beauty, when you look at a beautiful landscape or something that really moves you, you can't help. That's why we use beautiful for paintings, for people and for uh, music and for everything. Because it encapsulates this amazing thing, right? And I have always thought about that. So it's sort of like being the goal in sight again. You know, like, oh, remember that. When, especially when you see these great minds like talking about those things. And in my notebook, the first page, and this is before I even like heard about this because I started writing this a couple like months ago. Uh, the first thing that I wrote was, uh, go on, make beautiful things. Mm. That's because that's sort of like where my struggles are, like about the importance of the work and uh, uh, how can I focus on this thing if you have that thing, like little like mind traps. But then this special, okay, Dostoevsky, like 
badass dude. So then it's like him, it's a guy that was talking so much about like the struggles of life and the terrible and the deep nature. And then this idea that beauty will save the world. It can sound very na na nu nu la 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 like California stuff, but at the same time, it comes from a Russian badass dude. So it's like you're not going to uh, to see that. But it was very interesting to see this idea that of the importance of being like creating the stuff that the muse is inspiring in your year and you know, all I can go and and uh, and showcasing it so it was very interesting this uh, reconceptualization mm. of the importance of things and also uh, not even the importance in terms of like saving the world because that can be like messianic like kind of a thing but it's sort of like even for your internal life like when you do something as Gary Vee I think said like be uh, don't stop until you're damn proud of yourself. I'm adapting the language a little bit to be PG-13. But um, this idea is uh, so important. Like, And then I guess combining that idea of like, don't stop until you like you are proud of yourself. And also this idea that like the hi-fi thing that you said last uh, mm-hmm. episode of like, treat yourself as someone you like to help. Um, those two ideas were sort of new to me and then I'm trying to incorporate that in uh, in my life. Mm. Well, very interesting beginning of the year. Yes, for sure. <laughs> and on that note, we should also mention, coming back to little traditions, right? We watched yesterday <laughs> for probably the seventh, eighth time, or at least for you probably way more, but uh, this there is a New Year movie from Russia from 1976, I think it 76, is. 76, yeah. Yeah, and uh, it's so interesting to see, like, in, in Brazil, we don't have any, I don't think we have any, let's say, Brazilian traditional movies. We basically have the American ones that, like, Home Alone, Die Hard, like, those movies that people uh, like that are, and I guess there is one, it's like Dinner for One, there's like a short film that is British that our friends from Germany were mm-hmm. talking about and like a few years ago that they watched. That is kind of, a, let's say, in Europe, it's a very famous movie, in Western Europe, I mean, uh, it's a very famous movie. And then for me, it was never like, okay, I, okay, I'll watch, interesting. But then to have, like, since we started, like, going out, like, it was like, oh, this new tradition. And um, it's so cool to, as we watch, like, this movie every every year, that I'm, I'm more embedded in the culture, understand a bit more of the language. Then it's like, oh, you see a Not lot of Not only language, but actions too. Yes. Like, why? <laughs> yes, yeah. So it was. Uh, so you want to tell a little bit about the movie yeah like there is uh, to be honest there are many like at least a couple like traditional new year movies that uh, in uh, uh, ukraine or russia they at least one channel on tv they will show it uh, for sure because they are about new year and typically about new year eve one of them is the one that we are watching it's called slurkim param uh it's about um Soviet Union life realities that um, about some traditions of celebrating New Year combined with humor and um, of course like story, funny story. So are we gonna go in the plot? Yeah, no, I, I, guess just, so. well, I think it's interesting just to mention like that as I mean, I'll mention that from uh, like a guy that has not part of the culture. So a lot of things sort of like you had to sort of like guide me in in the yeah, beginning. I had to explain like, okay, why why is it funny yeah. or why is it referencing yeah. this or that? Like, yeah, but like uh, what, what's interesting, like, and I actually recommend, like you can find it on YouTube in Russian with uh, English subtitles. And I recommend to t- take a look. Like the English subtitles sometimes will not be like completely accurate, but you'll get the gist of it. 
And of course, the 70s movie, so it has the 70s look, right? Uh, but it, it is kind of interesting that it has like these... Uh, so basically, the story is that... And being here in Ukraine, you observe this everywhere, is that because of the like Soviet Union mentality, they were like basically, and the movie sort of starts with that, is that all the beautiful architecture has been stripped down to this big, some would say ugly, like boxes, this big, huge complex buildings that people would live in the idea of like having everything, everybody living the same way. And uh, it spread throughout the world, even in Brazil in the 70s, they were like doing that in certain places. But this uh, huge cohabitation with no creativity, all like this big box, like, um, and then they were even saying that in the movie as, let's say, in Moscow, and then in St. Petersburg, that back then was called Leningrad, uh, they would have, let's say, the same street with the same building, with the same name, with the, like everything together. It's not even that it was done in purpose the same way. It's just because everything was done, the same kind of buildings everywhere. And the names of street, they're kind of referring to some, like, I don't know, typical, whatever, like... Uh... Yeah, it's like in the, mo the most... Uh, the most correlation I can think of, like in Canada or in the US, is that you'll always have a Washington Street, a Stanford Street, like that, that kind of stuff. But there, it was this idea of like this mass, it was a lot to do with ideology, right? With the ideology of like everything the same. So why would you have a different layout in a city if like that kind of stuff? So, but then they made a love story and a comedy about this. And basically the story is that the guy... Uh, goes to a banya, which is also another thing that is like, if you don't know about this, you, it would be a very strange thing that is basically like a sauna, that like a Russian sauna, where you go and it's sort of like also a socialization thing. They drink beer, they drink like, uh, like vodka, they do all sorts of things. And um, the story is that the guy gets drunk in this, uh, I'm not going to spoil the plot because you probably haven't watched it and it will be worth watching, but it's sort of like the premise. And he ends up being sent to Leningrad, to St. Petersburg. Instead of his friend. Instead of his friend that is with him in the banya. And then they go and then he ends up finding a way to get a cab and going to his house. And he actually enters the house in Leningrad. In and then the story starts. Yeah. So I don't know how they pass that by the censors then. I was like thinking like it's so interesting because it's actually a critique. Yeah, but at the same time, it's hopeful, like, oh, don't worry, because everything will be fine. So just, it's kind of interesting. I'm, I'm not that... Um, Versed? No, also not that strong in history, <laughs> to be honest. But I'm thinking maybe it was that short time period and there was a little bit of liberation in terms of like how strict the censorship 76, was. 76, huh? I think it was really bad. Because it was like dictatorship times in Brazil and other places. It was no, like there was really a cold some period war. of that before like the USSR collapsed. There was yeah. still some period a little bit less because this movie that it could have been used in like praising the things like oh everything is sort of the same but it's definitely commentary uh, on uh, on that like absurdity <laughs> that person may go to another city tell the uh, driver drive the address and may if like in this case he's drunk but still like it will be not that obvious that oh it's a different city he may think for a long time even after entering the apartment that he's still at the his house in the yeah, same city there so. is a just thought about this also that there is the the like this is more like my let's say uh uh popular culture thinking that the best way to disguise um to disguise bad things is by 
making okay to to criticize them you have to have that relief valve somewhere mm. then you do that in the propaganda in a way although yeah. this uh, like seeing especially in the context of today it's like it's really not it's sort of like a novelty kind of interesting thing about that but um and since i was not born in that culture i can't really comment on on that but to me it was interesting also to have our own traditions that are like typical of us to to do and then going and uh, and watching the movie that has a lot of also songs that are like let's say somewhat popular yeah, very famous. and um and they are part of the of the culture here and also to to get you in i was even thinking like okay this is from like from Russia and it's like from like say Slavic countries and I was thinking huh I wonder how many movies and books and stories are so important for people that we be involved in world music stuff we sort of like have a lot of contact with different traditions but it's mainly from the countries we're interested in we are not really introduced to I don't know I don't know any movies from Mongolia for example or any movies from like some movies from Japan because I kind of like Japanese uh, like culture but how much how many things like bulgaria serbia i don't know actually if you're from there just uh, give us your like uh like new year's or christmas movie suggestions from your own country that would be interesting so on that note about russian christmas new year movies <laughs> uh we're going to try to do something different also for this year to try to get a little bit of commentary and popular culture as we um like go through these episodes because they're part of like our like lives too and uh we have our first movies reviews <laughs> because we watched uh the two like let's say big movies that are happening like happening in the last like, two weeks there is the new spider-man no way home and matrix resurrections and don't worry there is no spoilers we're not going to spoil the movie at least I'll do my best and I'll bleep if Yana says what happens at the end. <laughs> no, but they... Um, How about me though? <laughs> yeah, like the... And uh, I mentioned that because when um, in another cultural thing, in uh, Ukraine, they have dubbed movies in the cinema, meaning you're going to see it in Ukrainian. Before they used to do in Russian too, but now it's basically in Ukrainian. And I was like, okay, I do not understand that language, unfortunately. And also I would rather watch the movie in the original language. And so... Especially Spider-Man. Especially Spider-Man. And with like subtitles and stuff. And so what they did is like here they do certain, um, certain uh, sessions they will have in English with like Ukrainian Russian cinemas, yeah. so then yeah. it was like basically a week after it premiered so I was really trying not to see the, the any spoilers because I love Spider-Man and I wanted to to, to watch it unbiased and uh, unspoiled let's say so don't worry no spoilers so with that um, do you want to go first or do you want me to go first no go first go ahead okay so uh, let's talk about uh, like Spider-Man no, no Way Home it's like the third part of um, of this like let's say new spider-man trilogy that is that is happening and i must say i love it i recommend it go watch and if you can be non not spoiled before you watch i hope you can and you enjoy it and to me like it and i mentioned why I do even of this uh, movie is how much certain character stories they're important for you as a person right some in my case it happens that spider-man has always been since i was like a kid i was drawing spider-man i actually learned how to read by my mom would open the comic books because i was into spider-man and then she was telling the stories and then i was basically figuring out 
the what's written mm -hmm. and then at some point even like four or five then i i could read right just from this let's say natural thing of like reading and i even saved even years later the first comic book that i bought i saved it then i lost it and i found it in a like whatever yeah, like comic book store and uh, it has always been a very important character like for me and uh, i remember even what 20 something years ago when the first spider-man movie with uh, toby Maguire came out i was so much into watching it and i loved it and even the bad spider-man movies i like them so that's my bias <laughs> but this one it was amazing to see that they did not only because the other movies and this is not really a spoiler like they're not really true to character in terms of the story that appear in the comic books like which one is his girlfriend which like even on the first movie that his uh, his webs is not something he made mm -hmm. it comes out of him right and on the other ones they fix that but i remember i liked it because there were versions of uh, of spider-man and but they kept the original idea of with great power comes great great responsibility like this boy trying to like use his powers for good and all those things and i think that's why mythologically it's so important and so interesting and so appealing to so many people like boys and girls and then um i i, I was really uh, like amazed to the fact that it was not a political movie it was not condescending and it was really true to the character and then uh, just uh, just to, to finish off this idea of like about my my review of the the of the movie is that you're able to tie everything in the spider-man universe together in a beautiful way in my opinion even in terms of artistry even if you're not into into like uh, superhero movies this one is very different i think like especially if you like spider-man you love this and um and one of the things that i was thinking about from a mythological point of view uh, when I think of the oldest story in the world that is that we know of, the, the oldest written story in the world, that is the Epic of Gilgamesh, right? That is the story, it's like 5,000 years old, it's like from the Sumerians, and uh, it was basically forgotten, and then it was rediscovered in the 18th century. It even has like a flood myth. And the cool thing, as I read in this book called um, The Buried Book, that is all about the discovery of the Epic of Gilgamesh, the cool thing is that you have versions of the story throughout the history of Mesopotamia and Sumeria and all that, and they actually change a little bit. So in one of the versions of it, uh, like a thousand years later, Enkidu, his best friend, is actually like a priest. So they actually like mm. did little differences, different variations on the story but trying to preserve the, the, the original oh, wow. sense of this in that case is this king that wants to achieve immortality right and then he goes in this quest to try to to discover the key to immortality and then he discovers that he is half man half um, like uh, half god and then he comes back and then he discovers that the only way that he's going to live forever is by serving his city of ur that's the story so like it's the oldest story it's like the hero myth is there it's beautiful and i mentioned this because the idea of like spider-man is this thing of like you are this let's say insecure kid you suddenly get these powers and then you want to do it all for yourself and because you're being uh let's say this is my understanding of it you, you are so let's say uh trapped in, uh, wrapped in your own mind bad things happen because you didn't take responsibility for that and then you have a tragic loss 
and then you become the person that wants to like to have that in your uh, like you want to become the hero that you could be that kind of mm. stuff and i think that appeals to 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 people in this like say mythological level because it's more you're not the king but you you can have that so it's it's kind of interesting so that's was to me that's my review of spider-man go watch it it's awesome <laughs> i think it's also very relatable to at the point that it's not necessarily like a superpowers of like i don't know sp- uh, walking on the walls or those like uh, spider webs or anything like that but it's also very relatable to talent that every person has inside for certain things and it's like oh if you're not using your talent it's it's almost like a crime. There are many like proverbs or like phrases or statements that uh, it's your responsibility to find that spark inside you and it's your responsibility to use it for your fullest potential because that's the way how you serve the world. And that's um, analogy metaphor with Spider-Man. Like in this case, he got like the superpower from this like spider and then with great power comes great responsibility, but it's the same, with talent comes great responsibility too, to use it and to service it. Right, and the other thing that I think is so interesting, in this movie, they it is not uh, a spoiler because uh, it's literally in the movie before, they, they, they finish on that like cliffhanger, that basically his identity as, as Peter Parker, right, as Spider-Man, is revealed to the world. And so, there is a lot of play with the... And then I'm not going to talk about what happens with that in the movie, but there is a lot of play. And in Spider-Man, there is always this... Um, there is always this um, intrinsic story that is... That I think that's why it's also so relatable to people that there is your, let's say, yourself that is hidden from the world. People know you as Peter Parker, the geeky boy that is weak, but inside you have this amazing fantastic uh like hero that you can become and it's like those identities are not together right so it's like you have your it's as if you have your inner life your potential life mm-hmm. and you have your um let's say the one that society gave it to you and then you are in his case is being judged by both of them all the time right so and then when you have other superheroes that don't have secret identities that blends like have wolverine Everybody knows that it's Logan. Like it's not, uh, it's not a secret identity per se, and that brings different. Or Thor, you know, like uh, there, there is a different. Um, this idea of secret identity, I think, it's kind of like um, an interesting thing. And one thing that they never used in the movies is this. I think it was even mentioning to you some of the best stories of Spider-Man that I saw, were like when he had, let's say, his girlfriend that uh, really loved him as Peter Parker, and he thought it was dangerous to be Spider-Man. And he has this sort of, let's say, love triangle with the one that, uh, another superhero that approved of him as Spider-Man, but did not like Peter Parker. Mm. And then at some point, the resolution is that his, uh, like his girlfriend um, decided in the, in the comic books about 20, 30 years ago, so I don't remember exactly the story, but like basically she accepts him with both of those things and she encourages him to that and I thought that was always like a, even you you know I have it I'll probably try to insert it here like I have this um, uh, uh, this little um, uh, cartoon like uh, this drawing from an artist that I bought in the Toronto Comic Con 2009 like they have those mm-hmm. alleys with all the artists and I saw this one and it's like so cool when you see an 
uh, when you see um, an artist that catches the essence of the character of a, of a hero and in this case it's like uh, he's dressed with um, the the spider-man costume but he doesn't have his uh, he's Hat. taking his uh, yeah he's taking his mask off and mary jane back then was like when he was getting married to her when they like the story of that part in the cartoon um and she is jumping into his arms you know so it's like she accepts both of his um, identities which is one you know and then uh, i thought that was it was always iconic to me and i discovered this what, what, more than 10 years ago and it refers to something that has been on my mind when i was what 10 12 when i read that uh, maybe 13 when i read that uh, comic book so it's kind of interesting to see um these stories as today's mythology and if you get past the oh it's just a popcorn flick yeah sure but there's a reason why millions of people still want to go in the big even corporations but like big artists really try their best to do the best version of that character because they really like it mm -hmm. yeah, that's interesting cool so now maybe you can want to talk about the matrix mm, i have so conflict in uh thoughts about this movie there are so many moments that i absolutely love the uh, context or content that they were speaking through heroes through characters of the movie and those almost like a punches like um as a commentary to life to people to modern society and at the same time, I was so like, not disappointed. Yeah, I guess disappointed yeah. because for me, the end was not complete. It's like, what? Satellite? Like, no, now it's just the start. It's like, okay, this will be the coolest part of the movie. And then suddenly, oh, it's the end. Okay. So, um, but we liked it. Yes, like, when we, it's when a very we were cool watching... movie to watch. Like, but it's very different vibe from the first movie, although they refer first movie so much. There. Yeah, all the time. Yeah, like that's one, just in terms of context, I love the first Matrix. It's one of my favorite movies of all time. Uh, and uh, the second and third, I really don't like. Um, don't even remember what was in the yeah, second and third. They, like they were kind of like, okay. Unmemorable. Yeah. And they uh, they basically tried to do as like a franchise, but it didn't work. And then this time they did. In this case, I didn't mind seeing a few spoilers because I wanted to see if I wanted to actually watch the movie or not. And then I had conflicting uh, views from some people. Some people said oh, they okay. loved it. Some people said not love, but like they liked. Some people like hated it. And I went into watching it because I had no hope that it would be good. <laughs> Uh, maybe to be pretty, which is the most that I could expect. And then for me, it was like, mm, actually, it's not that pretty, no. but I liked it more, like than expected. There were a couple moments that we both, I think, that hold we hold our breath. Was like, oh, that was cool. Like yeah. the ideas that they put through there, that they like message through the movie, really cool. Yeah, and some but there's a story. Yeah. It's still not complete for me. Yeah, it's like uh, they. Again, this is with no spoilers, but basically there is one character arc that they announce. Basically, it, the movie prepares you for one... Uh, well, I can't say that without like spoiling the movie, but with Trinity, which is like Neo and Trinity. Like, so basically prepare for her journey 
And her journey is rushed and sad, in my opinion. I'm not going to spoil what, why. It's, a, it's like, you, as you said, like you want more weight. Now, okay, you prepared. You have cool moments. You have some cheesy ones. But okay, cool. Let's see what you do with this. And it does not do the character justice. Right. And uh, it simply and I think even that's one of those things that um, I guess to coming back to our like uh, creations us as artists. Right. And the, the other thing that I want to mention as we do these, uh, let's say, reviews of artworks or movies or any, anything. I just I don't know how you feel about this, but it's like uh, I will never criticize an artist for creating an artwork. Oh, yeah. Right. It's like you did it. It takes an effort that is of it's impossible to make a movie. And uh, uh, Lana Wachowski, I'm sorry, I don't remember her name, but like uh, the, the, the director of the movie, the writer, she was able to do it. And it's awesome that they, that they were able to do it. So in that sense, I'll never say, oh, this is terrible, don't go watch. It's sort of like, it's an artist presenting you something, you may get something out of it. And as you said, like some people love it and they, maybe it's their first introduction to, to, to the Matrix uh, story. And then they will come back to the first movie and then they will, they, they, will, they will see a lot of like different things. But to me, it didn't add much aside from one character that is, um, I forgot the name of the Villain. actor. Yeah, like uh, one of the characters is a new one. He steals the movie, in my view, the best, uh, the best uh, one-liners, the best talks, like it's really amazing. But then the characters that are missing, they're like, um, uh, like Mr. Smith and uh, the original Morpheus, they're not in the movie. And you sort of like, you need that, especially to create the tension that they want to do. So it, yeah. um, in the end, and, and then I was thinking, no, go ahead. I didn't have feel that about Morpheus or Dr. Smith, like the way they solved it to me worked perfectly, like mm. it's okay. And for me, the movie was really good. I really loved it. Just like the very, very final, I was like, wait, that's it? Like I was yeah. hoping like, oh, it was so good till now. I mean, there was okay. some cheesy yeah, yeah. moment, but it was good. Yeah. So I was hoping and preparing like, okay, now it will be like really like good point at the end. And it kind of like lost. Yeah, yeah. In the end, the ending got very, let's say, preachy cartoonish. As if they and, uh, rushed, I don't know, they had deadline or, yeah. I don't know, left not enough budget. I mean, probably not. Probably was some other reason, but who knows? Like, yeah. maybe that too, because how much like those politics and finances also influenced yeah. the... Uh, the movie but at the same time uh, i was very happy to see it mm -hmm. especially today because it was during last few years especially there were a lot of i mean five years almost like mm -hmm. there were a lot of movies that basically were propaganda yeah, yeah. these few like spider-man and matrix they were not, not yeah. they were like nice interesting character based yeah yeah and uh one thing that is interesting like just as a as a something because even though this movie, let's say, I didn't like specifically, I would recommend people to watch, especially if you like uh, if you like the original Matrix. Because one thing that people sometimes, uh, I don't know, maybe it's because we make art, we think a little bit differently about these things. But it's that I think I apply this to photography. I probably said this in this in this uh, show before, but I think like images and artworks are objects to think with and, mm -hmm. think and uh, to feel with. So you don't want to have a, necessarily a perfect uh, uh, like artwork. If it sparkles something in your mind, even if it's a terrible movie, you know, like I remember in science fiction movies when they say, oh, this science is not correct. Okay, great moment for you to teach about 
the, the real science and then to get the imagination of how would it be if you're actually following the, the laws of, of science. So I really have no real problem with that if it's done um, in a way that touches you, yeah. right? And they, uh, in this case, one thing that I, I got back to it, because I remember after watching the first Matrix movie, the way it ends, it's a perfect movie. It finishes, it solves all the fighting choreography serves a story which in this one it doesn't it's just a bunch of fighting there is no memorable ones the only memorable ones are the ones that refer back to the first matrix the most memorable moments here are not about fights yeah there are no fights in of interest in this uh in this uh, movie there is some things that were i'm not going to spoil but uh, they did one twist they were smart um but the rest was uh Unmemorable, let's it's say. It's not about a visual movie, this one. Yeah, unfortunately, even though it's the Matrix. And then <laughs> uh, they had, like, in the first movie, the, even the, that's another thing about beauty, right? In the first movie, when Neo finally sees the Matrix, I'm not spoiling a 20-year-old movie if you haven't watched, but tough love, right? But when he sees the Matrix, when there's all those bullets coming to him, and he says, no, right? He has the Zen thing. Yeah. It's like it's the ending of the movie in a sense and then he's going to save everybody and so one thing that never sat nicely with me on the first um, uh, matrix movie was the idea that neo is the one neo is the the chosen one or he's the one that can save us all right he has that let's say messianic idea but then after i become became i don't know a bit more mature and the the way that i understand especially seeing like reading joseph campbell like the hero of a thousand faces and um that idea of the monomyth is that um, even getting into like religious territory when they say that the savior is in you, that kind of stuff. And then I thought, yeah, it, why is it perfect? See, why the first one works? And it, it's a sequel proof movie because it's done. And why is it done? Because you identify with Neo or maybe you identify with other characters, but like the story, you're, you're doing the journey of the hero and so you are the hero of the journey. And as soon as you are saved, the world is saved. It's an old tradition, an old idea. And I think I wouldn't have thought of it that way if I haven't watched this particular movie. So even a bad artwork that is created by the same bad, quote unquote. Yeah, this right? was not bad. It just was yeah, like, not complete, maybe. Yeah, and you can never expect... Um, you can never expect an artist to do a continuation of a work that will supersede the other one unless and maybe you can talk about that one in another time but like for example Battlestar Galactica the TV series mm -hmm. that you watched it's an amazing series created years and years and years after the original one it far surpasses the, the original it brings other elements and uh, I'm sure whenever they decide to quote-unquote reboot the the story they will have a big bar to, to raise because it's already so so amazing and so uh, hopefully like they will do this let's say continuations of stories just like they did with spider-man and uh, in a way that will elevate the material right and i think that's good for for everyone but i'm also looking forward to seeing other stories oh, i was just about to say i hope in 2022 we'll see some like new heroes and new stories or ideas not just continuations of or reboots of previous ones but something new and original yeah that was for a while that was something like big yeah and new uh, yeah so 
hopefully it was useful for you this uh, little uh, section about uh, movie reviews but definitely uh, go and watch both movies yeah like, although we like did a little bit of criticism we liked both of them and yeah. they're definitely worth watching i have watching. no criticism for spider-man um you may have i don't it's <laughs> yeah so um i guess we can go into our last um part well first thank you for being with us until now uh, and uh, don't forget to like subscribe to the to the channel if you're listening to this on podcasts we would uh, ask you to if you if you can if you like the, the this show to leave us a review there it would be great like on spotify apple Podcasts, google google play like wherever you listen you catch your your podcast because that really helps um and with that maybe you can talk like just to as a little retrospect uh, I think it's always important to look, not like it's a cliche thing to say look back, but maybe on that idea of feelings, like what were two, like some one or two, like uh, or whatever, like memorable things that happened or that some way that you felt. I have one good and one bad. So like, uh, but feel free to interpret this uh, any way you want. Like some things are like memorable, special, special, not memorable, special moments of 2021 for you. Mm. Actually, I was thinking about that, but um, 2021 was so rich on events because we had so many trips. We went, what, four countries, yeah. four places like Brazil, uh, Egypt, Egypt. Uh, Ukraine, uh, Turkey. Three, cities three cities in Ukraine, in Ukraine. Turkey, Turkey for three months in three, four, five cities. Five cities. Yeah. And so many events, so many like uh, shoots, adventures, work stuff. And for me, as long as I, like, as for long I'm thinking about that, I, it feels blurred. Hmm. Uh, not because of number events, but because for me personally, 2020, the year before, finished on a very turbulent moment. And it was a very, very, very harsh hit that 2021 I see as a like recovery journey. So it's not that I can pick even one or two events that really influence me. I see it's more like a pathway, I don't know, or like mm -hmm. a stray of light that kind of like gets bigger and bigger and bigger mm -hmm. till today. Like it's not full yet, but it's kind of from little, little point gets like wider and wider and wider and each event it contributes to it of course and each step and its journey or each um, things that happened but uh, i cannot say for me there was anything that i can mm -hmm. pick like oh this is the most like memorable like yeah but that's no. that's fair that's uh, that's how you saw it. it's beautiful i didn't know you were going to to go there it's interesting yeah for me it was um because when I was like planning like this, uh, thinking of this episode, like what to do, what to say, all these things, uh, I thought also like, okay, what was memorable this year? Then, then, as you said, like there are so many things, both good and bad. Um, and as you said, like coming out of like uh, 2020, where like me, my family, like, we had COVID, there's all sorts of, it was basically family like problems and things. But, and then it was like this recovery uh emotional recovery for a lot of stuff and a lot of cool like things going on um 
But to me, there are two moments that I was like, okay, I asked myself, right, that exercise of asking yourself, uh, like, what was uh, this moment? And there were, uh, now that I think about it, because after we talk um, throughout this episode, um, I think, okay, why? Why are they uh, in my mind? Like, there are two. One is, and don't try not to get emotional, because sometimes I do, but like when I was like, um, after like, my mom was home, all family was there, all good, like, and um, I had four nephews in Brazil of different ages, and then we were like playing around, and uh, like, especially with the, like, the, the three little ones, and then um, it was like the last day in Brazil before, it's like right after New Year, and then um, we would, not right after, but like, sometime after new year and then we were going to go away and uh, i always had problems like there was even that quote i can't remember from whom but like uh if you it's like parting like going away is all you all you want to know from hell like um and it's like uh, for me it was always like difficult to to leave family you know because who knows when you're going to see them again you're not going to be in their like everyday life and all that stuff and I remember that I was like, um, okay, I have to go because you need to go pack and uh, like go to, to sleep for two, three hours and then go to the airport. But it's like, okay, let me enjoy as much time as I can with them, like playing video games and new stuff. And of course, they got sad because uncle was going and all that. But then I remember me going to, to the car and they, they come to say goodbye. And then they actually went in and then, okay, they started playing again and they started doing like cool uh-huh. things. And I thought like that image of me like sitting, I think it was raining even, it was like, ah, like, um, it's like, oh, cool, like they, they're there. And then it's like throughout this year, I was able to play with them a lot online, like this virtual matrix world or being uh-huh. put in. Um, yeah, I got a bit emotional about this, but like I saw them like playing and then it's like, oh, that's what we want. That all the work, all the creativity and all those things that we're trying trying to make money and live life it's like we live for those moments if there it's like that idea of that beauty right that beauty that will save the world is because you're going to be able to be with your family with your loved ones even if it's not your immediate family Mm. but that connection is what we are striving for that's why uh social media is more important than uh than uh nuclear bombs because that's where all the bombs come from and uh, these days. So it, that's the sad part. The good part is that it reminds us that the importance of connection. And then, so that was one, which was in the sad part. And then the other one was when we decided to go to, in Cappadocia, to the ancient city, uh, Quetzalcoatl, I think it's the name of that, I may mispronounce it, I'm sorry, uh, and uh, to start a new project that is sort of in the limbo just because of logistics and things, but going there, walking down the reconstruction that they did of those um, uh, 12,000 year old houses in the middle of Cappadocia, and uh, as I knew about Gobekli Tepe, as I knew about, I didn't even know that they were discovering all these other places close to, to that and uh, encountering by chance the director of the place and uh, getting a chance to talk to her and get in contact with uh, some of the researchers. But basically the idea of like that moment where we were inside one of the recreated houses and I happened to have an obsidian bracelet and then I was like, it's the beginning of a, of a new idea that I think would be very beautiful. And um, again, this word of beauty, right? And then it was about, oh, 
this relief of like creation those are the things that will save us in the end so um, yeah so those are the two moments like they are not the most let's say memorable like oh the show I did this or the like th- those I flexing things I thought you will say about I don't know air balloons right yeah, or something no, but it was nice but that's like, not the one that's not the one it was the moments of uh, creation and why we create in the end so those are the things that to me were the summing up in the in a, in a, in a way it's what you're saying too about the light right it's uh, this shining light into darkness and in my case it came from this uh, understanding that the connection doesn't get broken if you keep it and that 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 um, the creation of new art will inspire people to create new connections mm. and that's uh I got a bit emotional on this one, but um, well, hopefully this was uh, of interest to you. And um, again, I am Pedro Bonato. This is Jana Komarnitska. We have a lot of other projects uh, in, the, in the works. Jana has her own podcast. I have my own podcast. We have uh, like photography video. We have, again, if you're interested in trying to learn something new this year and join us in adventures in different places, you can go to janadanceclub.com and um, Thank you for being with us.